Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or crestwooddental.com. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jamie Rivers join us on the phone. Jeff Burton, gentlemen, here we are. You Three okay? games to two, Stanley Cup final, Blues come home on Sunday, and it could be, wow, guys, wow, I can't believe we're here. This is amazing. It is, it is, and that's not the first time today I've already heard you freaking out. Yeah, sorry. I, I, I can't I help it. it. I love it. And Jamie couldn't be here, so you're on the phone with us. Are you flipping out like a fan, even though you're a former player? Yeah, it's weird. It's like both, right? Because, like, as a former player, I'm still jacked up for the players and for all that, and I'm super jacked up for the fan base. But now, over the years, you, by default, you become a fan, too. So I've got a little bit of that, like, fandom in me that's freaking out at the same time. But I'm trying to keep my, my act together here because I know just how hard these things are to pull together, and I want it is to close it out and... We don't want to go, uh, as I've said, the entire playoffs. You don't want to go ordering the rings before it's time. And, you know, right now that's why I'm being very cautious. Yeah, as, as Dad used to say, don't put the cart before the horse. So, and so, that's the way he would say it. And don't, don't, don't become a fan because that's the way, that's why this works. We're the freak out, freaked out fans. You're the former <laughs> player who has to have a calm head for us, okay? So, so Jamie, last night, first period, Boston just is bringing it. They're throwing everything. They're throwing around bodies, lots of shots on goal. But a couple of things in that first period. Obviously, Bennington out of his mind. But the Blues had some really good scoring chances as well. They might not have had a ton of shots, but they definitely, you know, made it close a couple of times on Tuka Rask as well. So when, that, so when the first period was done, although we had been being outshot, I really felt like, hey, the, I, this is, I think, where we need to be after a first-period road, you know, type game. Yeah, I agree. I think that, uh, you know, before last night's game, I had mentioned that I wanted the Blues to be tied or better heading yep. into the second period, and that was mostly because it's a hostile environment. You don't want to fall behind. 
You knew the Bruins were going to throw everything at them that they could. And to be tied or better gives you some momentum heading into the second period. And it takes some of the juice out of the home team as well. And so us coming out of there unscathed and, and even going into the second, I really liked that a lot. And, shoot, we came right away in the second period again. Another goal within the first minute of play. And that's a backbreaker, boys. So, I mean, obviously, the big thing that's on everybody's mind today, it was on Bruce Cassidy's very salty lips last night. Uh, The the Bruins are absolutely, the penalties are egregious. And I I agree with with them to a point. We have seen a lot of inconsistencies here. But I think for them to claim that they're, or even allude to them losing in this series because of the penalties, I think is an absolute farce. I think that that's a joke. I think it's been for both teams some of the crappy calls. Yeah, look, guys, there's so many examples that could be brought up uh, from the series alone where, look, we've had uh, several punches to the face that have gone unpunished. We've had six players on the ice while the Bruins score. We've had Brad Marchand submarining players. We've had Brad Marchand spearing goalies. We've had so many things that have gone on out there. And even Zdeno Chara last night punching Jaden Schwartz in the face because he didn't like the chin music he got in return. And these referees do the best they can. So I'm not going to blame the refs. And to go back even further, we've talked about hand pass gate how many times now. The Blues didn't whine about that. Nope. And I think that that's why I think that that's why they're getting some of the benefit of the doubt here, too, is the league and the officials are like, you know what, the Blues haven't complained at all, and Boston's being a little bit whiny, and they're just as bad as the Blues are right now. So it is what it is. And at the end of the day, you don't stop playing. You don't look at the referee like, my God, my dad would have broke my arm back in the day if you know, I stopped playing and looked at the referee and lifted my arms like, whoa, what was that, you know? The play isn't over till the whistle goes, and so shame on them for that. Uh, completely agree with that, and it's that, that's that old uh, saying of you—you know—you play to the whistles, uh, the start and the finish of the whistles, the uh, the whistles. But also, yeah, was that a trip? Sure, let's say it was. Most people think it was. That was uncalled. But guess what? The play well, continued. I'm break and it down for you, Jeff. You yes. don't. So you don't think it was. <laughs> Well, yeah, okay. I'm busting your balls a little bit on this one. Uh, <laughs> all I'm saying is, think, all I'm saying is, is if it was reversed, we would be screaming as well. Yeah, I agree. Agree. Okay. Agree. Right. There's no argument there, and in fact, I don't really have an argument. I just have <laughs> what I would call a little bit of hockey CSI that I did last night, and when I stopped the play, rewound it, super slow mo. I even got like the little thing that you can write on the screen to create the distance between one area to another, just because I had nothing better to do with my life. Sure. Yeah. Retirement, (laughs) retirement sucks, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Uh, So when that play originates, uh, Achari's toe, the toes of his skates are well above the hash marks on the half wall. And as the penalty occurs, as the infraction happens, He's moving backwards towards Tyler Bozak, and he's doing it on purpose in order to shield the puck on the breakout. And so when you're doing that, you're taking away your own time and space. And Now, does Bozak trip him? Yes, it happens. But if Achari doesn't back up into him and move towards the stick or leg or whatever that was that ultimately got him, then the trip doesn't happen probably. Now, that being said, Tyler Bozak probably gets a stick on the puck then, 
because, you know, the Achari's not blocking the puck with his body. But when you put yourself in harm's way, so to say, then you kind of have to live with the results. And that's kind of what happened on that one is he drifted backwards, then he turned his body and tried to shield the puck. And then, yes, there was a trip, but the trip was because of all these other things that happened. So either way, guys, if they would have called it, I wouldn't have complained. Right. The fact that they didn't call it, I'm not going to complain because it's one of those calls. But at the end of the day, it's shame on them for stop playing Atari right. with the theatrics and all the stuff that went on. Like, just get up and go block your guy and make sure they don't score. And uh, none other than Barry Mel- Melrose was saying how Bozak was, uh, quote, taking himself to the penalty box already, which that's a little bit of an <laughs> exaggeration. He was he had his hands out looking at the ref like, what, what, what? It's funny that the other side is taking that as, look, he was admitting that he did it. Right. And, and, and again, it, it didn't look good. No, it didn't. <laughs> yeah, but, for sure. but to your but, but to your point, since this series started, the team, the Boston players are acting just like their coaches and which is the exact opposite of what the Blues and their coach are doing. Absolutely. Well, that's you know, we talked about that already. I don't even know what episode it was, but I know we glanced over the fact that the team, they embrace or they take on the identity of the coach mm-hmm. at some point and. You know, the St. Louis Blues, we gave them credit for taking on Craig Ruby's mannerisms and what he said and how that, you know, he wasn't going to address bad calls, bad bounces, bad anything. It's on the team. So, right, they have to play better, and that's all there is to it. And Bruce Cassidy has elected to go in a different way where whenever something goes bad, it's everything, everybody else's fault but it's players. And that's a slippery slope, man, because – the players themselves start to get aggravated with that, and then the media starts to get on it. The fans are going to be like, hey, listen, why don't you stop whining? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't like that approach because it creates a pattern for your own players where you're allowing them to find an excuse based off of every misplay, and that's not how you win. And it's been amazing to see, and we've talked about it. I mean, we just talked about it, but, you know, but we have just, the Blues have not been like that. Peruby has not been like that. That's not how it's gone. So, Jamie, uh, you are now Bruce Cassidy, and you have to get this team ready for game six. Wait, don't, don't call me Bruce Cassidy, Johnny. <laughs> I wouldn't, Jamie, I like you too much to do that to you, man. But, but, but what, how do you get these guys ready to go for game number six? Obviously, they are banged up. They are, they are, you know, feel like they're being screwed, wah, wah, whatever. But if you are Bruce Cassidy, how are you getting these guys ready? And then my, like, sub-question number two is, are they going to come out headhunting on on Sunday? I, I would bet you that they're going to be coming out trying to play as physical as they humanly possibly can. Well, yeah, I'll answer your first or your second question first, is I think they'll come out physical, but they just can't afford to come out and act like dummies because yeah. if they do that, then – the They're literally almost tapping out on the series. You know, you have to remind yourself of what's the most important thing in, in winning the hockey game in that big, beautiful silver cup. That's the most important thing. Um, so that'll be on the leadership group. And that's, again, why I, I'm not fond of what Bruce Cassidy's done because he's brought more attention to outside noise than he has on what the main goal is. And so, yeah, it will be interesting to see how they react on Sunday and how they come out. Um, you know, if I'm Bruce Cassidy and I'm trying to motivate my players, this is going to be a tough one because, quite honestly, last night was the game that you pull out all the stops and 
you've got all your motivational speeches. You've got all your things. You know, we got our captain back. You've got a broken jaw. He's playing through it anyways. What a warrior. You know, yada, yada, yada. And, oh, my God, this is our town. This is our time. And that didn't happen. So now what do you do? Because you're going into Sunday now. You still captain still has a broken jaw. So you really can't highlight that. He played like 20 minutes in the game. Uh, you're not at home. You're down in the series. You're whining about the refs. I guess the only thing you could do is highlight the fact that you think you got screwed and try to bring the group together now at the last minute and say it's us against the world now because, you know, the referees are doing such a bad job out there. But, again, then it would highlight the wrong things. So this is going to be a really tricky. Uh, I, I would have to sit down with my staff and try to, come up with some bullet points that would make sense uh, to bring up before the game. Because otherwise guys, like you just don't really have much to say. And, and when you don't have much to motivate your team for, it's almost like it's the end of the road sometimes. Well, what do you think of the lineup? Will it change? Because last night they sat David Backus in favor of an extra uh, defenseman, just in case Chara couldn't get through the entire game. So do you go back with Chara and have one less defenseman and have an extra, I'm sorry, one less uh, forward and have another defenseman just in case Chara breaks down, and therefore David Backus playing in St. Louis in an elimination game is going to be sitting in the sitting in the stands? What do you do there? Uh, you know, last night was precautionary for the Boston Bruins. Uh, Zidane Chara did not seem uh, too affected by the broken jaw. Now that could change a little bit, and I'm sure he's feeling it today. Uh, but I would assume that they put David Backus back into the lineup for Sunday, and uh, Camphor would come out, and rumors are swirling that Graslick could be ready to go back in for game six, which would also mean that they're getting a guy back that maybe has some fresh legs, but he's coming off a head injury, right. and you don't know how that can go sometimes. So there's a lot of interesting things. The moving parts, I think, is what they call it. There's a lot of moving parts <laughs> going into Sunday for the Boston Bruins. And right. On top of that, too, guys, we're going to have some moving parts on the blue side, too, because Ivan Barbashev oh, got a right. hearing today for a headshot. We can't forget that. And he's going to get suspended. Uh, he's going to get suspended he's going to for get, game six, right? He's going to get at least a game, and here's why. Uh, he's a repeat offender. Mm. And, you know, you can't forget that earlier in the playoffs, he got a big fine for a headshot. Oh, I and didn't remember so that. Now, yeah, I know. And so that will play into this for sure. So he'll easily get a game. He might get two games based on the fact that, you know, he's already been kind of slapped on the wrist for this before. So the next one ain't going to be a slap on the wrist. It's going to be, you know, the paddle on the butt, you know, too bad for that. As much as you like that, Jeff. I don't know why you would uh, go there with that. I'm sure nobody saw that joke coming. (laughs) There was no screen in front of the net on that one. Everybody saw that one coming. Because it's right, uh, well, but it's okay. Jeff so let the paddle and take away his eyes. Let's. <laughs> I joined seventeen fraternities <laughs> while I was in college just for the paddle. Um, do you do you guys have some sort of initiation? No. Okay, never mind. Um, so he's out. Uh, so is Fabrian. Uh, Thomas is completely untouchable at this point. Is that right? Well, I don't know exactly. And the Blues have been really tight-lipped about Robert Thomas. But I would, if I was betting money on this. Uh, and I'm a very conservative guy when it comes to that stuff. 
I would bet that Robert Thomas will not be available. Uh, and I think they'll go with Robbie Fabry. You know, I, I talked about Jordan Nolan a little while ago uh, when Oscar Sundquist went out. Uh, but now I, I've had a little change of opinion based on the fact of where we're at in the series and the fact that Robbie Fabry is the player who was most recently in the lineup. I think you got to go back to to that guy. He's had his feet in the pool here already in the final. He knows what it's all about. He's played against these guys, and I think he'll be just fine on that fourth line. I mean, Ivan Barbashev, his job is to get in on the forecheck and to buzz the tower every time they dump the puck in, and Robbie Fabry is more than able to do that. And Oscar Sundquist and Alex Steen have been playing so well, and they're such smart hockey players that, you know, I think that it'll be just fine with Robbie Fabry there. Well, speaking of Steen, wow, did he take a hit last night and just got right back up? I thought for sure something was going on there, but he took it and got right back up. He played a really physical game last night, I feel like. I feel like he actually really kind of stuck out in a lot of good ways for the Blues last night. Yeah, he was – look, at uh, Steener takes some abuse sometimes from the fans because, you know, they look at his paycheck and they wonder, oh, well, this and that and the other. And people are very – opinionated on Alexander Steen. I've said for years, and I will continue to say it, that he does so many little things well, and he is a great leader in that locker room. And like you guys mentioned, him jumping up after being rocked and him blocking shots, even down to the play where they're shooting the puck from the point, and he sticks out his foot open to take the puck right off the inside of the foot and get it out of play. Like There's little things like that that he does, and he's been doing them consistently and without him, guys, let's be honest, that fourth line isn't as effective yeah. without yeah, him. Yeah, you know, Jamie, so, uh, and I was that guy that you talked about. I, how many same. times How many times did I say, let's look at his salary and let's, let's look at his ranking uh, next to all the NHL uh, other, other forwards? Because there was a time, if he wasn't at the bottom, he was very close to the bottom as far as ranking. Brilliant move by who? Barubi to put him on that fourth line? Well, yeah, I think it was – I think there was – in fact, I know – that there was a discussion between Craig Berube and Alexander Steen. And, you know, it was a difficult discussion because you got to be brutally honest with each other at the time. And Craig Berube felt that Alexander Steen could contribute in a role, and his thoughts ultimately were that he wanted to create the depth that the Blues now have. And Alexander Steen, yeah, great move. And, you know, Steener had no pushback on it, accepted his – his role at that time, and I believe his words to Craig Ruby were, "Well, then we'll be the best goddamn fourth line in the league." Man, and true story. Imagine that. Now look at you know they're 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 not a fourth line; they're a third line on any team in the NHL. So, true to his word, he he made that line better. And Craig Ruby at at that at this time too has given all sorts of responsibility to those guys. So it's almost been a happy little marriage. Wow, what an what an you know, we are we're still here. Yeah. It's June the seventh, two thousand and nineteen, and we are still playing hockey, and it's still unbelievable to me. I'm thrilled, and I love it. But there's still more work to be done. Yes, there says is. Jamie Rivers. So I can't get too excited, even though I'm already. You're so really excited when excited. you were saying the date, and I'm not kidding you, Jamie. He had to look at his phone to see the year. You're like June seventh, two thousand nineteen. <laughs> 19, so... So, Jamie, what's the plan for... Uh, obviously, the game is on Channel 5 on Sunday night at 7 o'clock. What kind of stuff do you guys have going on for Fox Sports Midwest before and after the game? 
Guys, it's going to be incredible. Honestly, we're going back to the live set in front of Enterprise Center, which is a gun show. That's awesome. It's madness. And we're doing an hour-long pregame before the show. We're going to have all sorts of guests on from past teams. We're going to have people that have been associated with this incredible run. I believe we're going to try and get uh, one of the guys from Jack's in in Philadelphia that where Gloria originated. Uh, I know for a fact we're going to be talking to Ben Friedman, a young man from Barstool Sports who dances with his chinchilla, and him and Holly had a moment last game. He's going to come on because Boris has been dancing to Gloria after every win for the St. Louis Blues. So what, what time we're going to try and hit on every storyline. What time you want Donnie and I there to do a hit? I mean, I'm, I'm open on Sunday, yeah, you so you just you let me know. All the, yeah. all the professionals. Uh, you just let me know. I mean, I I mean don't we're, have... we're 10 episodes in. I don't know what you need. Yeah. Just I got stay a tie. by your phone. Okay, guys? That's how it comes. Stay by your phone and hold your breath. Hey, there you go. Uh, for yeah. real? For, yeah, it'll be fine. For real, before we, uh, we we wrap up here, Jamie, just from from Jeff and I, man, we've loved doing this with you. Thank you so much, and and you know we we definitely have more to come still, but uh, we've really enjoyed doing this with you, and uh, and thanks for doing it with us, man. It's been a lot of fun. Look, I love you guys. I've been waiting for an opportunity to talk hockey with you guys and get on the radio and have some fun. So. It's been a long time coming. I appreciate you guys having me part of the group. And and more to come, man, more to come. It is the Last Minute Blues podcast. Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango. Game number six, Sunday night, 7 o'clock. Let's go, Blues. Thank you very much for listening. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors, We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.